the latest edition of the Business Matters podcast. I'm Richard Alvin, Managing Editor. Joining me today is Emma Robertson, co-founder of Red Diamond Recruitment. Hi, Emma. Hi, Richard. Um, Emma, first question. Um, How have you found business in the recruitment sector um, since uh, lockdown started back in March? Um, Well, it's most certainly been um, a much slower uh, period of time. We entered 2020 absolutely on fire. um, And then in March time, um, while business didn't close, um, it certainly slowed and a lot of our clients pressed pause on, um, you know, major hiring mandates. You um, are essentially global headhunters. So how does um, the UK faring um, versus some of the other um, territories that you've worked in? I mean, I think for us, it's been really lucky that we are um, international because, um, as you know, there's been a kind of staggered approach to COVID. Um, and earlier in the year, you know, sort of the, the, the kind of Asia Pacific region, um, they, they kind of closed before us um, and then kind of gradually it moved to Europe. Um, our clients all over the world have all been affected, but um, in, in varying degrees. So um, we are still working in places like the Middle East and Asia and um, we are still and and Europe's now um, beginning to open up. So um, for a small business like ours, thankfully, it's not been too detrimental. Excellent. Um, I'm assuming that you've been using Zoom video conferencing um, for your interview process. Um, given the sort of global nature uh, for, for a while now. But are you, are you pleased to see that you know, almost the UK's woken up and embracing um, you know, a, a video conferencing um, as, as opposed to uh, demanding um, you know, all interviews done face-to-face? Oh, absolutely. I mean, in, in lots of, you know, lots of good things are coming out of COVID, um, unbelievably. And, and one of them is that our ability to be so much more efficient. Um, so first stage, you know, the, the interview process can be accelerated because of such such technology. Um, and a lot of our clients that have just not embraced it in the past are now, um, they're getting the head around it. Excellent. Does that mean you're able to see more candidates? You personally filter out the the initial stage, more candidates, more diverse candidates, um, or is it just, you know, the ability to to actually see more people in in a day and and for the the people coming for the interview in inverted commas, they don't have the worry and the stress of having to, you know, drive to a location, get on train, et cetera, et cetera. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, you know, it's a really stressful thing as an interview. Um, And part of that is, you know, location. How do I get there? Where, you know, where do I park? What do I wear? Um, All these sorts of things, which, you know, I'm not saying that a Zoom interview, uh, you completely eradicate those things. um, But you most certainly do um, accelerate a process. um, And and there's a kind of a a much more of a, a... I guess um, a feeling of being able to move things along quicker and um, do much more, you can do more, so it's much more efficient. Um, Does does that also, however, mean that there's a blurring of lines between the day job, work um, and personal life? Yeah, of course there is. Um, I, I think that the, the kind of everybody I speak to, and, and bear in mind, I, I spend my entire day on 
calls and talking to candidates and clients um people people don't know when work starts and finishes um and i think that's something that um we are now kind of three months down the line getting into the swing of things a little bit more um you know i i know personally that i was taking calls at you know 7am and 7pm and i start to be a bit more disciplined because i think that does have effect on you know what goes on outside your life and while we're not doing too much outside of um you know our four walls and confines of our homes um you know a lot of people have children and um you know relatives and things that they need to keep in touch with and and if you're working all the time that's not a healthy thing to do moving forward yeah, absolutely. I do think that one of the the overriding things that so whilst people are clearly you know staying as safe as they can uh, by making sure they don't contract the virus, they are potentially contracting another kind of virus in inverted commas, in so much as it's damaging their own mental health. But we'll you know but we'll, we can touch upon that later on. Um, so, what talking about the sort of blurring of lines and, and working from home? Have you got many employers? almost changing the job specifications now for roles and instead of requiring uh, you know someone to actually attend their office be at their desk between nine and five uh, wherever they may be you know London uh, Singapore wherever um, are they actually saying to them you know, you, as long as you're working performing the role you can actually do it wherever um, and whenever uh, yeah Richard I mean I, I refer back to the previous comment I made on efficiencies um, you know People are not having to do a commute, so you know almost we're, we're gaining a couple of extra hours of, of work from people, um, and and that kind of again you know uh, there's got to we've got to learn to strike a healthy balance. But um, the one thing I do find in in the UK that is um, not not quite the same in, in in other countries is we haven't embraced technology as much as like say for example the Middle East. Um, you know, they do a lot of international work full stop. So they've got no choice but to work like this. Whereas in the UK, we're much more, you know, um, we love to go to a meeting um, and we love to be present at that meeting. And, and that's great. And, and you know, that no one can take away actual human interaction. It's really important, but it's not always necessary. And we do some things because we do it. However, do you think that um, the country or the UK actually suffers from... Uh, sort of poor connectivity, i.e., slow broadband and stuff like that. What, you know, when, when you're dealing with with US companies and, and Singapore-based companies and Asia, etc., they've got super fast broadband, etc., which facilitates um, using video conferencing, etc. Whereas, whereas we don't. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's so frustrating. If you sometimes I'll call, you know, for example, I, I've been doing some work in Singapore. Um, and if I call Singapore, I'll often get cut off. Whereas if somebody from Singapore calls me, the line is always nine out of 10 times. It's fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I think we need to do something about technology in the UK full stop. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, given where, where you're based, I know that obviously you've got High Speed 2 and stuff like that, talking about, you know, yeah. embracing almost that that historic face-to-face culture that you just mentioned um, bringing people down to face-to-face meetings in London um, isn't really going to help you um, where, where you're dealing with and, uh, businesses in, in Asia, etc. It's, it's not going to improve your connectivity to the world, just 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 a, no. the, the physical physical ability to get to London. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> um, 
Moving on um, to the sort of topic of the moment and sort of the Black Lives Matter um, campaign, um, have you found employers looking to not jump on board, that's the wrong phrase to use, but, but embrace uh, the actual campaign um, and embrace, embrace diversity generally? Yeah, I mean, look, I'd, I'd say that coming into 2020, um, a lot of people and a lot of my clients were talking about diversity. Um, you know, f- firstly, I think that, you know, my personal view is that all lives matter um, and that we've got this kind of misunderstanding of the word diversity. And I, I, I don't believe that is the colour of your skin necessarily. It is about ethnicity. It's about education. Um, the, there are so many other factors involved. And my sophisticated clients, um, you know, which are anything from, you know, five men in a team to a multinational business, um, they, they do that anyway. And um, nine out of 10 of my clients are, are really culturally sensitive and they want those people in their businesses. Um, and, and and I think that the word diversity it, it need, needs some education around it. Do you think when dealing with you know, companies globally, do you think that the UK mm-hmm. is far behind others or in the middle somewhere? I don't think the UK is behind. I think that, you know, if, if you look at where we are in... So, so take, for example, an emerging market. It is full of expats, and those expats can come from anywhere. They could be from India, they could be from the US, they could be from the UK. And the only way to um, fill up the business hub is to, to, to broaden out and to go out worldwide to find your people. Whereas in the UK, we're, we're, we're kind of lucky, so... Um, you know, take, for example, Yorkshire. Um, you've got a real diversity of cultures, but in certain locations, you'll have massively um, populated areas of black and Asian or white middle class or you, you, you've got. And, and so that's what happens, unfortunately. And I think sometimes it's not because anybody's absolutely going out there to not be diverse. It's just that their recruitment policies and the way they do things are all about what's under my nose and yeah, we'll have them because they live down the road. So part of the recruitment process is about, you know, logistics, um, which therefore then dictates the type of person you're going to have in your business. Whereas if you uh, sat in Singapore, the chances of you having, you know, um, the kind of person that you're looking for sat right under your nose is very, very unlikely. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and I would presume that those sort of, you know, Singapore and emerging markets they're far more open to embracing to, for, for candidates to relocate to, to wherever, as opposed to, you know, and also they're throwing the net farther and wider, as opposed to literally, as you say, just, just looking under their nose. Absolutely. And I think as well, one thing that we do get, get really worried about in the UK and wrapped up in is the ability to give someone a visa or um, the, the right kind of paperwork to come and work here because people don't have to do it. So they think it's really complicated and really hard. And actually, it's really not that complicated. You know, look, there is a cost and an expense attached to it. But, um, you know, one one area at the moment that we keep hearing is um, innovation. And um, we we, we lack a lot of innovation and technology is a massive grey area at the moment. And in order to bring, um, you know, we need to take people from other cultures because other cultures do invest and, you know, look look at India um, and the engineering and, and the um, science and things that comes out of a, 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 
uh, an area such as India, and I don't, don't just mean that, there's lots of other countries, but I take that as an example. Um, and you can bring across somebody from India who's got a skill that we don't have here. And because we're worried about relocating and um, the cost of visas and things like that, and actually the, the paperwork surrounding it, um, that's one of the things that kind of put people off. The reality is it's not that it's not that complicated and loads of companies out there that actually do this relatively inexpensively. Excellent. And, and yeah, if only we, you know, UK companies embraced that slightly more, knew that and, and embraced it slightly more, then, uh, you know, hopefully the, the level of candidates and the level of movement would, would be a lot better as well. Uh, absolutely. And then suddenly the diversity issue becomes less of an issue. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if we move to, to you know a slightly negative point, in so much as you know some people through, through this through, and through no fault of their own uh, will have found themselves being made redundant. Um, what should they be doing um, to to you know improve their their, their CV? Uh, you know, uh, and other aspects that they can do themselves to to make them more attractive to people like you. Um, uh, you know what when you're doing your selection process for, for first rounds for employers sure so things like a good cv uh, i can't stress enough a cv is a sales document um and you know be concise tell people what you do um don't be smart there's no there's no you know you, d- you don't get any brownie points for you know confessing to loving michelle obama's books or whatever um Get to the point, tell people what you do and how you do it and, and why you're valuable and make that concise. You don't need to write war and peace. Um, likewise, if you're a managing director of a company, um, this misconception of a two-page CV, well, actually, if it goes into three pages, don't worry about it. It's not the end of the world. Um, things like a good online presence is really important. So maybe consider Googling yourself. You know, what does your LinkedIn profile look like and what does your Facebook book profile look like? Uh, if your opinions um, on Twitter are less than, you know, uh, salubrious, uh, take it down. Um, what do you want people to think of you? And therefore, when you do this and you do a little bit of a, uh, a self-assessment um, and a self-health check online, what does that look like? And maybe ask someone to cast their opinion over you as well, friend, parent, whatever. Okay, excellent advice. Um, thanks for your time today, Emma. And um, we hope, uh, hope you continue to grow and, and go back to, uh, to, to, to those, those great times that you were having before March. And uh, hopefully we'll speak to you soon. Thank you, Richard. Appreciate it. Working with leading experts who know all about the business you run, because your business matters. Oh, 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 oh,